This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. All right, look outside your window. It's snowing. Or maybe it's not snowing outside your window right now, but it's still sticking to the ground outside. Snowy weather might be pretty, but it can be dangerous. So having the weather forecast at your fingertips can help you plan your day and stay safe. And I don't know about you, but the weather forecasts on my phone, they aren't always the most accurate. Now, some tech startups, they want to use AI, drone technology, and their own satellites to improve weather predictions. Washington Post Innovations reporter Pranchu Verma recently wrote about a story about weather startups. And here's Pranchu to tell us more. Hey, Pranchu, welcome to Reset. Thanks for having me, Sasha. Glad to be back. I got to start with the big question here. Why are weather forecasts so unreliable? You know, that's the million trillion dollar question here. Yeah. Um, at the heart of it, it's really complicated to get weather predictions right because it uses a lot of technology. It uses satellites. It uses radar. It uses weather station data from across the world. And it's really hard to understand how to predict what's going to happen with the weather with full accuracy unless you have data points to essentially know how every part of the atmosphere is acting at every single time. So this idea of creating a better weather forecast or even a perfect weather forecast is actually something that is probably impossible to do. But that doesn't mean it can't be better. And I think that's where we're kind of at right now is this frustration that we need to do a lot more data gathering. We need to use a lot more technology and we need to use a lot more in the advances and things like artificial intelligence to get better weather forecasts. But, you know, that requires a lot of money. It requires a lot of strategy. And we're just starting to see all of that stuff come together here. Yeah. So talk more about the progress that we've seen then, because there has been some. Yeah. You know, so I talked to a lot of meteorologists for this story, and I talked to a few at the government with the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, NOAA, which kind of create one of the largest weather models that a lot of people use to predict the weather. And they gave a really interesting kind of statistic. The average pace of weather prediction is kind of like if you imagine um, a three-day weather forecast in the 1990s, that was pretty accurate. And that was about as good as the accuracy you could get for meteorologists to be comfortable about what the weather was going to be. Now, about 20 to 22 years later, that has actually expanded from three days to five days. Mm. So we're getting a little bit better. We're getting a bit better by about like a day, a decade is what meteorologists say in terms of our accuracy for weather predictions. So now how do startups want to shake things up here? So they want to use kind of the new stuff that's coming out, gains in artificial intelligence, drones. Some are even thinking about sending their own low-cost satellites into orbit they're all using a lot of the money that's coming their way. You know, last in the last couple of years, it's upwards nearly a billion, about $880 million to weather tech startups. And they're using, you know, they're creating their own algorithms. They're creating their own places to get data from. And they're basically trying to say that they can be just a little bit more accurate than the government's models can. I see. Do meteorologists think that startups can actually do this? and do it well? There's a little bit of tension here because, you know, meteorologists 
realized that a lot of the data that these startups are using, sure, some come from unique places like from drones or, you know, from their own satellites, but a lot of it comes from the stuff that the governments provide. The two biggest meteorological meteorological models that are available in the in the world are one is created in the US and the other is created by a consortium of U- European countries. And they still tend to be the data that a lot of these startups rely on very heavily. And so meteorologists say, you know, let's let's be careful about how much hype we should believe these startups are saying, because a lot of the data is just coming from us and may might be able to tweak a little bit here and there with their own proprietary models. But don't imagine a scenario which they are 100 percent accurate for months and weeks on end, you know. Yeah. How do some of the these technologies compare to what government agencies are doing? You know, right now there is still the question is still out. Um, there are a couple of companies that are doing, you know, data analysis to show that they might be just marginally better by a few percentage. Um, but honestly, the the question looming over the industry still is actually how much better are these um, startups at doing the jobs that they say they are? Because in a lot of the startups that I talk to for the stories I've done, it's still hard to get a clear answer to that. And mm-hmm. I think that's something that is creating a little tension and a little bit room for pause in the industry. Well, I want to dig more into the advantages of more accurate forecasts. I mean, how does it benefit individual users and companies to know more about the weather? I mean, let's think about it with the world we're in right now, where climate change fuels extreme weather events, right? The weather is more chaotic than ever before, and it's costing billions of dollars in damage. And more importantly, it's costing lives. The, the inability, if you look at what just happened in California with the atmospheric river and the deluge of rain, the snowstorms in Buffalo, even if you remember a few years ago, the ice storms in Texas, you know, the inability to predict weather, especially extreme weather, is deadly and costly. Mm-hmm. And so that's why there's so much money being poured in to try to find a better way to do it ultimately so we can hopefully save lives and hopefully save in property destruction and for companies that are like airlines or trucking companies you know they have an incentive with their business operations to know as accurately as possible what the weather is going to be not to mention companies that are like farmers who depend so heavily on the weather so you know there's there's multiple ways in which you know the best weather forecast is really um economically valuable to people. You bring up a great point, though, when you talk about this season's torrential rains in California. I mean, could better forecasting technology really predict a whole season of weather with accuracy? That's a question. Um, There is definitely consensus among meteorologists starting to build that a lot of the information that NOAA had for the atmospheric rivers was not as accurate as possible and could have been more accurate. And so there are, you know, there, there's definitely a case to be made that we could have predicted a few more weeks out what would have happened in California. Now to predict it a whole season out, there are startups that are trying to do that. I, again, that is um, definitely something that is hard to say with near certainty yet, because again, the, the complexity of predicting seasons out um, is one of the hardest kind of things to master in weather prediction.
This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Even meteorologists can't always accurately predict the weather. And climate change is making weather more volatile. So startups claim that they have the answer. Joining us to break that down is Washington Post reporter Pranshu Verma. So I'm interested in knowing more about some of these companies who are pioneering this technology. Who are they and and do they all have the same goals? Great question. There are a bunch. One of the biggest players is a company called Tomorrow.io. It's based in Massachusetts, and it was started actually by a trio of Israeli military veterans. They're creating in-house forecasting algorithms. They're trying to hire some of the best meteorologists in the country to create their own forecasting algorithms. They're using the public data that the governments provide. But then they're also using what they say millions of different um, inputs of private data to create a much more finely tuned forecast. And you might ask like what these private data points are and, and they can get relatively creative. For example, they might take sensor data from drones that fly in the sky or airplanes mm-hmm. so that they can have you know ideas of what the moisture might look like in a cloud that an airplane could judge. Or even something as simple as when windshield wipers go off on the car, right? There's very unique ways and there's tons of data that's out there that they're trying to use. Yeah. You talk about a, a startup that wants to launch like 20 of its own satellites in the article and, and you've got videos of drones that look like these boats. Yep, exactly. And so tomorrow is actually one of the companies that is launching you know, their first satellite in a few months, and it's supposed to be one of 20. Um, and again, they say that'll help them get accurate data quicker to predict weather. And then, yep, there's a company called Sail Drone. And what they're doing is they send these little sailboat drones out into the harshest parts of the sea. And, you know, these things are, you know, powered usually by renewable solar or wind energy. And they collect data points in the ocean that it's really hard for, you know, normal, you know, technology to get. And then you know, you have other companies that are like trying to use machine learning to and analyzing information around how salty the water is or the sea temperatures, of the water and their pressure constantly. And they think that that's actually going to help them do the really hard thing of predicting weather on a season out kind of basis. So so you're starting to see technology embed in many different ways here. Wow. You know, this all sounds really great, but do these apps actually work? Yeah, and that's the big question here. We're still trying to figure out how much they actually work and how much better they actually work than what the government already provides. Yeah, There are some indications. Oh, sorry. Oh, I was going to ask if you got to try any. Um, No, I have not gotten to try any yet, (laughs) except for an application that one of the company uses that we can all download. And again, you know, it, 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 it's interesting because it can tell you like the best time for you to walk your dog if it predicts the rain is going to be starting at 10 a.m. Um, but other, a lot of other of these things we still haven't gotten a chance to try yet. And we're still waiting to see um, how good they're going to be. Yeah. You know, we, we've recently been talking a lot about AI on Reset. And it seems like, you know, artificial intelligence is, is pretty much everywhere right now. What role do you think it could play in the future of weather forecasting? I think it's going to be a technology that you can't ignore because it is a way to synthesize large amounts of data quicker than before. And and that's really one of the things here. Computing power and the ability to uh, analyze massive amounts of data from all across the world is what helps fuel better weather forecasts. It's, it's kind of a simple 
the answer here. It's more money and more computing power gives you better weather prediction data. So I think you're even starting to see the governments um, use artificial intelligence more in their own operations and, and, and budget to actually explore how to use it even more going forward. Does this mean that meteorologists will be out of jobs? Um, no, I don't think so. Because, okay. because still at the hard part of it is when you get all of this data, you need somebody to communicate it in a way that the public understands. And that's really important. And you need to know people who are experienced in local weather conditions and how, you know, and, and taking multiple models and taking the average of what they think and then churning out a prediction. And, and I think that is the step that is really important as well. Um, and that's the step that really matters is to do you trust your meteorologist to tell you to stay at home when the, the weather is going to be really bad so you don't go out in a snowstorm and you don't go out and unnecessarily risk yourself. And so I think you, you talk to meteorologists and startups, you, you realize that not, nobody wants meteorologists to go away, but you just want to make sure that they have the best information possible so that they can communicate it as clearly as possible to the general public. So realistically, what's the timeline for some of these technologies? You know, it's on the order of, you know, decade or or maybe more okay. to see something really, really good come out of it. Maybe something a little bit shorter than that for some of these companies because there's a lot of money and, and that money needs a return on investment. But mm-hmm. I would say, you know, let's not, not anytime soon. Yeah, it'll be a while, it sounds like. It'll be a while. Pranchu Verma is an innovations reporter for The Washington Post. Now, you can read his piece about weather forecasting technology right now. It's on WashingtonPost.com. Thank you, Pranchu. Thanks so much, Sasha.